the fatherhood of God. Uh, we're going to be looking at, um, uh, as it is Father's Day today, we'll be looking at Father, um, what it means for God to be our Father. We're going to be looking at various scriptures uh, throughout the Bible that talk about the fatherhood of God and what the uh, and what they mean for us uh, as His children, who He is, and what they mean for us as His children. So follow along with me. If you have a pen and pencil, you can. Um, copy scriptures down. So let's, we're going to be looking at four specific points here this morning. The aspects of the fatherhood of God, uh, God as a, as a father of Jesus Christ, uh, and as the father of Israel. Uh, God um, is the father of Christian believers, and the fatherhood of God has implications for his church. Um, and we're going to be, what I'm going to do is I'm going to highlight specific scriptures, but I'm going to give you some scriptures that you can look up on your own later. But um, I'm going to be looking at different scriptures, so I'm going to need you, um, if you can, to follow with me as I go to these various scriptures. Um, and so we're going to be looking at um, the uh, aspects of a fatherhood um, and the fatherhood of God and what that means. Um, we're going to look at four specific areas here. Uh, aspects of he is a creator and provider. So let's look at that. Let's look at the scripture um, at Isaiah 64, verse 8. Isaiah 64, verse 8. So come along with me as I as I as I read to you. Isaiah 64, verse 8. But now, O Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, and you are our potter. All of us are the work of your hands. So we see here that he is the creator, correct? That God the Father is the creator. Uh, other scriptures that pertain to that um, are um, 1 Corinthians 86, uh, Deuteronomy 32, 6-18, and Acts chapter 17, verse 24 to 28. So if you want to write those things down, you can. And so we see, we see here that he is the creator. God the Father is the creator. Who, where did we come from? What did we do? God the Father um, created us. He created the universe. He created the stars. He created the plants. He created the vegetation. And he created us as well. So God the Father is a creator. And this is important because as we look at God the Father, we need to understand um, who He is. But not only do we need to understand who He is, but what He does. And so important because so often folks have a, uh, a wrong idea of who God is and what He does. And so therefore, their idea of who God is um, is, based, is based on misinformation or misunderstanding. And so therefore, because they have that misunderstanding or that misinformation, they treat God or they approach God or they see God in a way that's not appropriate or right. So let's go on here. He's not only creator and provider, but let's see, he shows love and compassion. Let's look at Psalm, we're going to look at two scriptures here. Psalm 103, verse 13. So Psalm 103, verse 13.
Just as the Father has compassion on His children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him. So, we see that God, not only God is a creator, but He shows what? He shows love and compassion, doesn't He? That's important to look at that. Because most, a lot of people will think of God as, God the Father, as someone who is, um, doesn't um, show any love or compassion. Um, but God is a spirit, but He as well has emotion. And He expresses that emotion, and He expresses that emotion with love and compassion towards us as His children. So the Father expresses love and compassion. Let's look at another, let's look at another scripture that shows this as well. Jeremiah 3.19. So turn with me to Jeremiah 3.19. Then I said, how would you set, how, then how would, how I would set among you, my son, to give you a pleasant land, the most beautiful inheritance of the nation. And I said, you shall call me my father, and not turn away from following me. So, in other words, God is, um, is the one who gifts, or he gives things to his people, and in this case, um, he is uh, showing love and compassion. He's showing it um, by giving us an inheritance or giving us um, those things which are good for us. So, um, and let's look at um, the next point here is he exercises providence and care. In other words, providence means he provides. And care, in other words, he cares for those who are under his care. So, let's look at um, Psalm 68, verses 5 and 6. Psalm 68, verses 5 and 6. A father of the fatherless and a judge for the widows is God in his holy habitation. God makes a home for the lowly. He leads out the prisoner into prosperity. Only the rebellious dwell in a parched land. Isn't that a neat verse? He's a father to the fatherless. Because there's some, some of us say, my dad passed away uh, some years ago. So my earthly father is no longer here. I have a heavenly father. But he is a father to me. He's a father to the fatherless. Um, he's a judge for the widows. Though. He takes care of those who maybe can't provide for themselves. And God is a holy habitation. He makes a home for the lowly. He leads out prisoners and prosperity. So you, you think about these things, and you think about God showing love and compassion. He does that especially also with um, providence and care. In other words, providing for those who maybe don't have the means. Especially back in those days, orphans and widows, uh, the prisoner, um, those who are in need, the lonely, those who need God's care, God's provision. And a lot of people don't look at God the Father that way. They don't think, well, well, he doesn't really care about the woman. He doesn't care about the prisoner. He doesn't care about the fatherless. He doesn't care about um, the widow. He does. If you look at it, that's God's heart. That's God's compassion. That's God's passion for us. That's what he desires to do, to show compassion, to show love. 
and to care for those who are most vulnerable and those who are most needy. That's his heart as a father. And let's look at another verse here. Let's look at um, Matthew chapter 6, verses 26 and 31 through 33. Matthew chapter 6. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6 here. Matthew chapter 6, verses 20, uh, verses 26, and then 31 through 33. There we go. It says, So do not worry about, so do not worry them saying, what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, or what you shall wear for clothing. For the Gentiles eagerly seek these things. Your Heavenly Father knows you need all these things. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And, 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 look at, and looking at verse 26, Look at the birds of the air, and they do not sow nor reap nor reap. They gather in the barn, keep your Heavenly Father, feeds them. Are they not worth much more than they? So you think about those things. And you see how God even takes care of creation, doesn't he? And the birds. And the animals. And he provides. And he cares for them. And that's important. The God is our Father. He provides and he cares. Think about how many times you, we've all been in need, haven't we? How, we? how many of us have been in need? How many of us have been times where we haven't had, maybe had enough? Or we felt like we needed... Um, someone to put their arm around us, or provide for us and care for us, or just say, speak a word to us. Think about your Father, your Heavenly Father. And think about the compassion He has shown you in those times. Or you were lonely, or you needed something. And God was there, our Father was there to provide for us and care for us. And that's important for us to know that. Because we often forget that sometimes. When life and situations and difficulties are tough, we often forget about that aspect of God. That He there, He wants to show care for us. He wants to love us. He wants to show compassion for us. Right? He does. So we need to remember, and this is what I think one of the things that God always encouraged Israel to do. Remember. 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 Remember what I have done for you. Remember who I am. Remember. Sometimes he would have Israelites when they crossed over on the other side, he would have he would set up stones as remembrance of what God has done for future generations, lest people forget what God has done. Sometimes that's what happens. People forget what God has done. And so when you forget what God has done or who God is, then you tend to go off and you tend to not think about God much. But when you remember what God has done and who He is and, and, and all the, the things that He has provided for us, then it helps you in your relationship with Him. It helps you to draw closer to Him. Like Shel sang, we sang all together with the, the great hymn, Greatest I Faithfulness. What a wonderful, wonderful hymn. That's like one of my favorites. And God's faithfulness throughout, look, look what He has done. Morning and evening, morning and evening, new time. He's provided great as his faithfulness for us. He's taking care of us. We can't forget that. God is our Father. God cares for us. 
let us not forget. And he looked at him and, and he disciplines and corrects. This is important too. Let's look at Psalm, uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord, or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Why does God discipline us? He disciplines us what? Out of love. A father disciplines out of love. Not because out of anger. Not because out of uh, frustration. They discipline out of love. So that we can learn and we can grow and we can change our, 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 our behaviors so we can have those right behaviors. Let's look at um, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 6. Hebrews 12, 5 and 6. and you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For, the Lord, for those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he, and he scourges every son he receives. And that was the same scripture. That was quoted from Proverbs, from the scripture I just read. So, again, the Father's discipline is, is, is motivated by what? Um, the Lord loves those who, He disciplines those whom He loves, because He wants to correct them, it's to teach them, and to show them. A good father will show them so that they can learn, and they can grow, and they can mature. Um, and so that's really important that we know that in God, sometimes we don't get resentful of God when He disciplines us. Sometimes when we do, we do get resentful of God. We say, God, why are you doing this? Why is this happening? But sometimes there may be areas in our life that we're maybe not listening to God, and God maybe needs to uh, nudge us a little bit with discipline so that we can learn and we can grow and we can become more like Him. Amen? Okay, let's go on to our second point. God is the Father of Jesus Christ. Um, God is the Father of Jesus. This is so important. Why is this important? Because who is Jesus? Jesus Christ is God come in the flesh. So who is His Father? God is God the Father. So let's look at Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. Matthew 3, 17. And behold, a voice, a voice out of the heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So who is Jesus? He is the Son of who? He is the Son of God. The meaning God is His Father. So therefore, He is the Son of God. He's fully God and fully man in the same person. So, a lot of people, and this is, a, again, I say this often, but this is a sticking point that a lot of people will not adhere to. A lot of people do not believe that Jesus was God's Son. In other words, He wasn't God come in the flesh. The scriptures teach us here that this is exactly who He is. And God is His Father. And the Father speaks from heaven and calls Him His Son from God. So let's go look on another scripture here, and it says, um, let's look at um, 
as God is the Father of Israel. He, uh, that's important, as God being the Father of Israel. Because Israel is a nation right here, right now, today. So we need to see here Isaiah 63, verse 16. Isaiah 63, verse 16. For you are our father, though Abraham does not know us, and Israel does not recognize us. You, O Lord, are our father, our redeemer from old is your name. So, who is the father of Israel? God is. God the father is the, is the father of Israel. So he's the one who is, God has a special plan and a purpose uh, for Israel as a people. And this is important to remember too. Don't we need, we need not forget that God still has a purpose and a plan for Israel as his people. Because the scripture says he is their father as well. Um, let's go on here. And he says, and he says here that um, he cares for um, God as the father of Israel. So we see Isaiah 63, verse 16. Let's go on and look at some other scriptures. Um, let's look at our third point. God is the father of Christian believers. Okay? God is the father of Christian believers. God has an intimate relationship with believers. So, not only is God the father of Jesus, he's the father of Israel, but he's also, what, the father of uh, believers. In other words, those who put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who put, uh, confess their sins and receive Jesus into their lives um, and to be their Lord and to be their Savior. So, um, he is their father as well. That means us who have put our faith in Him. Let's look at um, He has. A, let's look at our first point here. It says He has an intimate relationship with believers. Matthew chapter six, verse nine. Let's look at Matthew chapter six, verse nine. I'm really testing your where your books in the Bible are, aren't I? Matthew six, verse nine. I remember at the old church we were at, we, had mem we memorized all the books of the Bible in the Word. So that, it's good to know where the books of the Bible are. Matthew 6, verse 9. It says, no, um, So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. So you see here in Matthew 6, verse 9, it says, Jesus was teaching him, this is the Lord's Prayer. So, what's the first verse in the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who is in heaven, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So, we as believers address God. The prayer that Jesus taught the people to pray was to address Him as God, as our what? As our Father. So, we have that relationship as God being our Heavenly Father. So, we as His people will address Him as our Father and look at Him as our Father. That's the very first thing that Jesus taught them as far as prayer. Addressing God as your Father. We are His children and He is what? He is our Heavenly Father. Let's look at John chapter 20, verse 17. John 20, 17. Jesus said to her, 
Stop clinging to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. So we see here that um, Jesus uh, tells um, the ladies that went to the tomb after Jesus had risen that um, stop clinging to me, for I go to my Father and your Father. So Jesus associates, we saw where Jesus said, that God was his Father. We heard God saying that. But now he also says, not only my Father, but he's your Father as well. So God is my Father, but he's your Father. So if you know me and you have your faith in me, he is your Father as well. So that's really important also. Um, to know that and to understand that because people need to look at God as um, in the Father sense, in the Father and the title of who he is. Because he oversees things, and he cares for things, and he loves his people. And we are his children who are under his care, as we were looking at earlier. Um, so, and we go here, and um, he adopts believers into his family. So how do we get into the family of God? Uh, let's look at John chapter 1, verses 12 through 13. Uh, go to the beginning of this book here, John chapter 1, verses 12 to 13. Let's look at verse 12 here. It says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Who are born not of, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So, um, who's, who, who, who's are we? We're his. We're adopted. We're brought into his family by the precious blood of his son, Jesus Christ. So we're brought into his family. Again, he is our father, and we are his children. He is our Father, and we are His God. And this is not um, a decision that is based on the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. God chooses us and calls us to be His own. And let's look at um, let's look at Romans chapter eight, verses fourteen through seventeen. Romans eight, fourteen through seventeen. For all, for all. Of for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to, to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father, means Dad. I have two nephews, and their dad is, um, uh, they're, they're grown now, but I saw, I saw them yesterday, and they call their dad uh, Abba. Because her dad is Israel. And so that's the Hebrew name for God, uh, for dad, for dad. And so um, that's really important um, that God is our daddy. That um, he is the one who, um, that we have received this, um, we have received the spirit of adoption as sons. We are his. He has adopted us. And we are a part of his family when we receive Jesus Christ. He brings us in. So we're no longer on the outside, but we are on the inside because we're in His family. Let's go on here. Um, and it's, um, let's go on and we'll look at our last point. The fatherhood of God has implications for the church. Um, and children are to re reproduce the father's likeness. Right? Okay, so character. Children are to reduce the father's likeness. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. Matthew 5, verse 48. 
Uh, we'll look at the we'll, we'll look at another scripture. Um, let's look at um, um, uh, the father means a one of, of the of the family. In other words, there's unity in the family. I would encourage you to look at Matthew five forty eight when you get when you get a chance um, as, you, as you as you can. Ephesians five Ephesians four verses three through six. Ephesians four means unity. Ephesians four verses three to six. Diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. If there is one body and one spirit, you are also recall to one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father over all, who is who is over all and through all and in all. So we see here that um, that there's unity. If God wants us as we're part of the family of God, there's unity within the family. Um, we're to re reproduce the Father's likeness, but we're also to have unity. Um, within the body of Christ. Um, he calls for us to be, uh, have one heart and one mind uh, as his family. Um, uh, believers are related to Jesus Christ. So, um, we are God's children, but we're also related to Jesus Christ. Let's look at Matthew chapter 12, verse 50. Whoever does the will of my Father who is in heaven, he is my brother and sister and mother. So we're all related together in the, in the family of God. Um, as well, um, we receive his inheritance. Um, it says believers are heirs of the Father's kingdom. So we're heirs of God. We're not only as we're part of his family, God is our Father, we're heirs in, in his kingdom. It says Romans 8.17. Let's look at Romans 8.17. children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so we also may be glorified with him. So we see here that not only are his children, but we're heirs of all the promises, all the things that he gives as that are a part of uh, what are uh, given to children who follow them um, and who are part of them. And that is um, the inheritance that he has given us and all the the wealth and all the beauty and all the great things that God has are ours in Christ because we are His children and we inherited them. And let's go on here and it says here um, uh, submission to uh, believers are to revere the Father. This means respecting the Father. Uh, 1 Peter 1.17 1 Peter 1.17 And if you address as father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth. 
the, the idea of fear means a reverential feel. It means a respect. Conduct yourselves in respect of God. That God is our Father. We, we respect Him and who He is and what He does. Um, that we treat Him with respect. That we're reverential towards Him. That He is God. You don't treat God any old way. You treat Him with respect and honor. And let's look at um, Ephesians 3, chapter 3, verse 14. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. In other words, he bows down to the Father. He has reverence for the Father. He acknowledges God as his Father. So we look at, we're looking at three things here. Who is God? God is our Father, right? Uh, we need to understand that he is uh, God as Father. We need to come to him just not as... Sometimes we look at God as like a judge or like a ruler, and He is those things, but we need to look at Him in the sense of our relationship with Him and that He is our Father. Um, and we need to understand that. Who, who is God the Father to? We need to understand that He's God the Father. He's Father to Jesus. He's Father to Israel. Um, and He's the Father to us. And this is important because if we understand that He's Father to us, then how are we going to treat Him? We're going to treat Him with respect and reverence for Him love him in the way he loves us. And um, and we are his. We need to know that we are his children. We're God's children. And that's so important. We are his. If we put our faith in him, we trust him, we love him, we are his. And we need to treat him the way that we're his. He treats us with love. He treats us with compassion. He shows us mercy. He disciplines us when we, we need to. But he disciplines us out of love. But he shows us and he wants us to treat him and love him and respect him. And implications for us that are to display his, um, who he is individually and, co and cooperatively. In other words, because we are his children, and this is really important as well, that we need to display, if we're children of God, we need to live as though we are children of God. We need to live as though we are his children, displaying who he is, right? I remember, I remember a, an, an illustration of this. Um, when I was growing up, because there were so many of us, there were 10 of us, um, and we'd go all into school, and there was maybe a year or two between all of us. So the teachers in school would know us, and so, so would the other kids. And you would, and it was often said that you, could, you would know, oh, it's a waves. Because they knew we were all related to each other. They could tell. In other words, our looks, the way we, who we are, we all like similar, had looks, we looked like each other. And so you could tell it was the Williams. In other words, you could tell that they were a part of the Williams family. As coming up, and you could tell whether it be like hair color, the eyes, or facial features, or whatever. And so that would be the way, that's how they could tell. And it should be, for us as well, because God's our Father, if, and, he, and, he, and He's our Father, then we should be able to display and show that we are His children. And people should be able to recognize that we are His children, right? They should know that John Williams is, God, is a child of God, and God is His Father, right? And so should it be with each one of us. Why we, the way we carry ourselves, the way we love 
uh, God, the way we love one another, the way we do things. All important because God is our Father, right? And so we need to show that to others so others can see Him in us and so others can become a part of the family of God. Amen? Let's go ahead and pray. Uh, Father, thank you for being our Father. Thank you for caring for us and loving us like no one else can. Uh, such a great God. Such a great Father. How you've been so faithful to us in God over the years. How you provided for us. How you cared for us. How you've loved us. Thank you for uh, adopting us and bringing us into your family. Thank you for pouring your spirit and putting it in, inside of us. Allowing us to be called uh, your children. What a privilege. God, help us just to love you. Help us to display you in our character, Father, here this morning. Help us to uh, show uh, who you are. Uh, show that we are a part of your family so others can notice and see, hey, we're a part of God's family. They're a part of God's family. And Father, uh, let others come and, uh, here. And Father, let them bring them in, O oh God, here this morning. Let us receive from you, O oh God, what you have here this morning. Let us enjoy the privileges and the inheritance that we have as your children, all the blessings and all the wonderful things that you have given us as your children. For you are a good, good Father. You are a God that gives us so much. And Father, we love you. And Father, we honor you. We respect you. We bow our hearts before you. And we thank you, Father, for all that you have done. Father, have your way in our hearts today. Do what only you can do. And we love you and we worship you. And in Jesus' name. Father, I pray you dismiss us now with your peace and with your joy, uh, with your very presence in our lives. Um, and may we just walk and uh, proud uh, that we are your children, that you are our Father. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm.